This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and Welcome. Back to the OK Sis podcast. This is a podcast. This is an audio format. It's an audio medium. My name is Mads. And my name is Scout. And thank you for mansplaining what a podcast is to the podcast listeners. That was good. You're very welcome. Just in case you forgot, like just audio, just audio in your earbuds. People might think we're in the room. You know what I mean? Because like once you listen to a podcast for a long time, like you forget that those hosts aren't in the room with you. Yeah. It's like phantom. You know how people have like phantom limb? It's like phantom okay sisters. Like we're just we're we're like ghosts in front of you. You for, like you try to talk back but you know we unfortunately we can't hear you but like I wish we could. We can hear you on Geneva, our community center. We can hear you on Instagram at okay's podcast in the DMs. You can send us a voice note, we'll send anyone back. There's a lot of different ways we could talk back. Let me give you an update, Scout. This morning so it's very interesting. The other day I was just saying that I never see celebrities in LA. Never. And it's very unfortunate because I go to all the basic bitch places that they are at. I wouldn't say never. You have seen people. You have seen people. My biggest claim to fame is I saw Zendaya and Jacob Elordi at Erwan, And I had to tell Zendaya to please move because she was blocking my Apple Pay. So that that was a big one. That was a big one that I tell all the time. But other than that, I did see Kendall Jenner at Escuela Taqueria. But that, other than that, like, that is it. <laughs> no, it's just going to keep going. She's like, I did see this big influencer here. And I did see this person here. It's just, it, for for as many of the basic bitch places I go to, it is weird that I don't see them more often. That's what I should say. This morning, I went to the Mecca of celebrity sightings. And... That is SoulCycle West Hollywood. And I was SoulCycling next to Malia Obama. Wait, so you were you were like next to her? I was the bike next to her. Wow. She walks in, gazelle, as tall as can be, just a gorgeous, thin gazelle. She walks in, outdoor voices, wearing outdoor voices. I mean, I wanted to like DM outdoor voices and be like, you guys, you're, you're on Malia Obama's body, okay? So... She comes in and I'm like, you know, I don't want to like stare at her, but I was like, is it her? Is it her? And I'm like, it's a hundred percent her. 
and uh, her and I uh, struggled together. See, I don't think I would have recognized her because I have images of the Obama daughters, but it's from like eight years ago. So I don't, I definitely would not recognize them today. No, uh, she was, you can't miss her. Like she is just so stunning and oh my God, like carried herself just like a fucking supermodel. I mean, just everything about her. I really tried to focus on the workout. Couldn't, absolutely couldn't, was completely distracted. And um, yeah, I tried to follow her out. (laughs) You could be like, oh, Malia, have you listened to OK Sis? (laughs) OK Sis podcast. Are you interested in coming on OK Sis I have an opportunity of a lifetime for you. For free, you can come on OK Says Podcast. For free. Yeah, we'll let you on for free. So, you know, I didn't see the Secret Service. I Because ha- I she walked out the back. I walked out the front. And I was like, OK, maybe she's like going out a back door. Because I was like trying to like, you know, trying to find the Secret Service. But I think either the Secret Service was in the class with us and behind her. Or they... We're like waiting for her right outside. I don't know. Does Secret Service have to follow the kids forever? Yes. Forever. The kids. Forever. She went to college. She had a boyfriend. He was at every game day. Secret Service was at every game day. Anytime she like had a one night stand, Secret Service is outside the one night stand. Like, yeah, but that was when Obama was president. No, 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 no. To this day still. For their whole life. For their whole life. Both of them. You know what? I don't know if that's worth it oh presidency yeah like as a president (laughs) to know that your kids your kids yeah yeah yeah. to do that to your kids yeah that's a lot yeah like obama selfish of him like he didn't think about the kids selfish yeah 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 yeah. so malia you know go into soul cycle uh you know just i think it's like second nature i'm sure they just fucking follow she doesn't even like blink an eye but Anyways, is she the eldest? She's the eldest, right? She's, yes, the eldest. She's the elder. The elder Obama. Yeah, it was a fantastic way to start my weekend. I was, you know, delighted to be in her presence. I think she, like, gave me some energy, like, a lot of motivation to just, like, be who I am and, like, be authentic. And so we're recording this, and then I'm off to Malibu to be another basic bitch, and I'm going to go to the Surfrider Hotel, which you and I frequented. Or not frequented. Went to once. <laughs> went and got too drunk at. I went and, th- yeah, got very drunk and went through the KFC. <laughs> what was the KFC? No, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. <sighs> I was thinking about that last night. Scout and I went to Nobu Malibu for my birthday in 2020. And we... Like, height of pandemic, there was like two weeks where the world opened up and we all went ham. And then we were like, wait, that was weird. And then went back into our houses. It was so weird. Yeah, so we went to Nobu Malibu... Uh, you know, if you go to Nobu, just like make sure that you like eat a huge meal right before because you will be hungry. And don't order a bottle if you can't finish it. Don't order a bottle. That I can't believe we didn't finish it. Like that's so unlike me to. Okay, but we had been drinking since eleven a.m. Like we were fucked up by the time we got to Nobu. I'm a champion. I could have done it. I saw a hat that said "Corks are for losers," and I I really really that deeply like resonates with me. That sounds like an alcoholic shirt. I think it fits my lifestyle. Anybody who says that, that's like such an alcoholic statement. <laughs> Anyways, so we went to Nobu and then we were all both starving. So we went to Jack in the Box and the, <laughs> we definitely have told this on the podcast, but whatever. We go through the thing. 
go through the drive-thru and then the woman is like okay like go to the next window to get your food because I was screaming like I don't know what I, I don't know why I wasn't screaming at her but I was just like being annoying as as I usually am and she was like yeah go to the next window there is no next window. She literally just told us to leave. And so we back up and we're like, excuse me, Jack in the box. There is no next window. And she's like, oh, like she literally <laughs> tried to get us, let us get out. Yeah, that was incredible. And then you slept with your incredible. makeup on and I'll never forget that or let you live that down. Oh, God, I can't believe it. Anyway, so I'm returning to the scene of the crime. I'm going to Surfrider because my dear co-founder, Lauren, it's her birthday and she's there. So I was like, yo, I'm going to I'm going to crash your birthday. <laughs> and I'm going to show up because as one knows, you can't go to the Surfrider unless someone is staying there. And that rooftop is fucking premium. So, so wait, are you staying there? How are you getting back? No, I'm driving there right now I'm gonna have lunch with them and then tonight is our stepbrother's graduation dinner from USC and I bullied everyone was not invited because I'm not in the whatsapp yeah I bullied everyone to going to Mastro's Ocean Club which is an incredible steakhouse in Malibu you're such a little brat you're such a brat every time mom's like where should we all go for a family dinner Maddie suggests the most expensive, most exclusive yeah. place. Then she gets in there yeah. and she orders like mom is made of like, I don't know, fucking cash coming out of her fucking mouth. And then yeah. mom has to pick up a meal for all like 10 of us. Okay. So our stepdad and our stepbrother asked me, what is a good steakhouse? And I said, look, because apparently our stepbrother Aaron likes steak. I said, look, the best steakhouse I have been to is Mastro's. And if you're going to go to Mastro's, we got to go to the Ocean Club because it's a beautiful view. So I didn't force them into doing anything. I just gave them the recommendation and suggestion and that is where we're going. So all is this to say is I'm going to Surfrider now and then I'm going to spend the day in Malibu and then go to Mastro's. I don't know where I'm going to be in between. So I'm going to kind of like bop around, maybe go to the Malibu Country Mart, maybe fuck around, go to El Matador, maybe fuck around, go to the beach. Wow, you're living the life today. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. So we got to wrap this up. What's your current fixation? Oh, Maddie has bigger and better things to do than talk to her actual sister and her community of sisterhoods. I, oh yes, my current fixation. So I am frequenting actually wearing a little bit more makeup now these days because being pregnant, I have decided I definitely slipped into a first trimester depression and physically felt my worst. So I was like, what can I do to make myself feel better every single day if I physically feel terrible and like mentally I'm struggling a little bit? And I decided that I was going to get a blowout every week, that I signed up for Rent the Runway so that I can have new, fresh, beautiful clothing. And that I was just going to put a little bit of makeup on every single day just so that I can physically, you know, feel a little bit better, even though internally I'm, I was dying. So uh, we all know I struggle with acne prone skin. So I finally ordered this acne it's for people who suffer from acne. It is a tinted moisturizer with incredible SPF. It's called Priya, P-R-I-I-A. And it's just, oh. it's very minimal. One would not really know. I have like a little tinted whatever on, but it's just a nice little extra thing. I put it on. I put some mascara, some eye, eye whatever. What's it called? Eye, eyeshadow? Eye. Eyeshadow. <laughs> Um, but the Priya <laughs> tinted moisturizer with good SPF is a great option if anybody likes putting on a tinted moisturizer every day but suffers from acne prone skin. Unfortunately, I was using Ilya, which I loved 
the way it looked, but I'm really sorry. Ilya broke me out way too much. So having something that I can put on every single day where I literally don't break out is a dream. So if any sisters are struggling with acne and are looking for a tinted moisturizer, P-R-I-I-A, it's a very um, niche business. It's not like a trendy skincare brand vibe on the website. It's just effective, works specifically for this situation. Highly recommend. Great. I love that. I love that you found that. I'm still on my Dr. Jart bit uh, nonsense like it is the best it makes me look like I have the Paris filter on my face IRL like is it a tinted moisturizer I don't know what it is I don't mm. know what it is tiger mm. grass correcting cream it like oh, just reduces yeah. redness remember that shit I started I mean against OG, OG sisters okay, yeah OJ oh I am still on that shit like I wow. will not that's I don't have any foundation I don't have like actual makeup I don't know what it is but it is huh fantastic it's fantastic okay yeah. real quick for anyone sisters who are struggling from acne i do this now all the time clear stem you know the skincare brand that i love clear stem on their website has under i think the resources or the education tab a list of pore clogging ingredients that you should not use if you have acne prone skin and so whenever i buy a new product i just type all the ingredients into there and if it shows up as a pore clogging ingredient i won't buy it because i know it will most likely break my skin out that's amazing yeah it's amazing it's wow that's an amazing resource it's so fucking good i'm actually going to put the link of this resource in the show notes because if you're struggling with acne this is the move i've done it with any new product i add and my skin look at my skin i mean glowing it might yes. be the zoom filter but i think it's glowing where's the pregnancy glow when does that when does that kick in you know i would like to report that a lot of people have told me i'm glowing but clearly you just can't see it okay Maybe it maybe it's gonna happen this trimester because you were you were unwell you were unwell the first trimester so maybe it's coming maybe there's maybe we're we haven't we haven't peaked yet move on what's your current fixation <laughs> just smoothly move move the fuck along before I literally dragon fire your fucking head off you understand dragon fire dragon fire oh oh like a fire from a dragon got it if you piss me off i'm a motherfucking dragon and i will burn you to the ground i know no you're like a t-rex i am a t-rex that burns fire i'm a dragon and a t-rex and motherfucking one you can't fuck with me right yeah. now yeah 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 yeah. khaleesi oh, i'm schwitzing now just thinking about the fact that you're on zoom and i can't burn your head off oh fantastic i know really feel feel grateful for this divide that we have okay so my current fixation is this new trend so last week i talked about how i usually can't get into trends because gen z's like to wear tight and crop top things that just don't look good on my body and so usually i am not available to partake in the trends but you know i was i was doing my grease shopping planning which is very, very in advance, but I just got really excited to look at all the lean-ins and get all of the neutrals. I went on Zara and there's this new trend of corsets, okay? It's like not off the shoulder. It's not a new trend. Okay, but right now it's 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 trendy to have a corset. Oh, it's been trendy for like a year. Okay, I am now partaking in the trend Okay. of the corset. What is it called when it's off the shoulder? Not off the shoulder. Off the shoulder. A bodice? Strapless. 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 So I, I got I got a couple of these. I got a army green. I got a white. I was like, let me just 
let me just see. Let me just try it on because I, I won't know unless I try. I'm a new person. I think I have found, I transformed into a different person when I put on this corset. Like I was, dare I say, like a hot girl. I am like really struggling to imagine what kind of fucking corset you're putting on your body. I'm going to put it, I'll put it on the Instagrams. Is it something, wait, hold on. I'm just going to share my screen. Just look at the screen and tell me, is this it? Yes. Okay. Hey, okay. Yes. Is that comfortable? Because yes, yes, yes. I tried on a corset once, like an actual corset from a sex shop, which is like oh, legit no, no, no. corset shit. And it, when they sucked me in, I felt my organs move in my body. No, no, no. We're not. No, no, no. We're not talking like that. Like where you tie it in the back. It's stretchy in the back. I, I have a little cropter one and it's a different material. It's not satin. So mm. listen, listen, this is my new identity. Like this is my new identity. I feel because I've, I've struggled a lot with going out outfits and I'm not talking like going to bars and like going clubbing. I'm talking like just going to a dinner. I'm just I don't have good tops like I have good bottoms elevated elevated. I don't have good tops. This is the answer. You know what? Common problem. I never have the right top for an elevated dinner. And you're right. This is the answer. And I'm pissed I didn't jump on this because I literally cannot do this now with my pregnant belly. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do it now. It's the answer because I hmm. like to wear very oversized bottoms because of, you know, the bloatation situation. So it looks so good with an oversized jean or an oversized pant because it's yeah. a little tight, you know, but it doesn't, I don't know, something about it was just so flattering. So everyone run, don't walk to Zara. They have a ton of these little corset situations and they're great for summer because then, you know, it's hot as fuck. So beautiful. I love it. Okay, yeah. tell us about this uh, wonderful episode we have with her first 100K because it was everything we needed and more. Honestly, I think Tori is the third sister. Like she was definitely on our wavelength. She came to play. She has the same energy as us. I have been following her for so long. Our stepsister introduced me to her um, on the Ticket of Talk and she has just become such a incredible resource for women to step into their money empowerment, step into education and really just take our power back when it comes to money. So obviously we go into tangible steps about, you know, budgeting expenses. What are like some money myths that she'd like to bust? But we also talk about financial feminism which is really what she her edge is and like why she's like really on on this you know crusade to make sure women are in the money conversation in the narrative and she was fantastic this was a this was I like came off of it in a high on a on a high on a high yeah I agree and the, one of the main things that I personally took away was I felt really comfortable to make that first step to open up an investment account of my own. So she really helped us walk away with what, see, I don't even know what the proper word is here, what companies to use. Like you'll hear her say all of that, but we always wonder like, who do you invest with? Robinhood, JP Morgan, da, 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 da. She really simplified it. She gave her honest answer of which one collects the less fees so that you make the most money. So I really felt as if I walked away from this episode having a very clear understanding of how to set up an investment account. So that was my biggest takeaway. She's, as you said, incredible. And I really think like 
we should do like American Idol for the third sister and have like a third co-host every now and then with a third sister. That would be so fun. Tori's up there. Like she, She's yeah, up there. we vibed, yeah. we vibed. Anyway, sisters, we hope you enjoy and we hope you get some financial advice, some feminism, some all the things from Tori. Some feminism? <laughs> well, you know, some, some empowerment as women because we talk yeah, a lot yeah. about how in this episode, how... I have always defaulted for my husband to do all our, all of our investment stuff and how I feel really empowered to make money. I'm like, no, I, I can make money all day long. That's my jam. It's what I love to do. But investing is somewhere I just haven't really dipped my toes into and I've allowed my husband to take the lead on that. So she really makes a case for why we should set up our own investment accounts and why we should get to know that landscape. So we know this is going to provide so much value. Enjoy. And we love you. Love you. One of the most surprising side effects of postpartum for me was that my hair started shedding right around the crown of my head. Now I have these random baby hairs sticking out near my forehead that I just can't figure out what to do with. Yeah, I keep asking you to tame those down, but they seem to be very stubborn. Yes, I know, Mads. After a few months of me not seeing improved hair growth, I knew I needed to give my hair some extra strength and support. Enter Nutrafol. I just got the Nutrafol's postpartum supplement and I'm so excited because I'm committed to supporting my hair health now that I'm postpartum. The next six months is going to be me and Nutrafol. I might not be a mother like Scoutala is, but as you sisters know, we are always on a hair journey here on OK Sister Podcast. I am always looking for a way to up my hair health game. I love Nutrafol because they have a whole body approach, multi-targets, underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker and stronger hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com promo code OKSIS. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hello. Hello. Oh, we love a bold lip. That's that's all I do anymore is just bolds and lips. That's all I do. That's (laughs) it. You know, I try to do the bold red lip and I just, I see it on everybody else. Everybody looks amazing. Everyone looks bold, fearless, all the things. And then I put it on and I feel like it makes my lips look smaller. Okay. Do you want my advice? Yes. I mean, yes, I do. One, I didn't find the lip that worked on me, the red lip that worked until like this year. Because mm. I wore like a really like very classic, like the 19, like what you associate with the red lip, like the Mad Men mm. red lip, but it made, because I have a very red complexion, it just made my face look really red. So I found this that like in real life, this is almost more of a coral, but it's yeah. like, it's like a red that looks great on anybody, any skin tone, anything. So that's the first thing is like finding the red that works for you. Cause I went like very classic red and it just didn't look good. Wait, so what's the brand? It's Sephora, the lip stain that's like $14. That's all I wear. That's all I wear. And this will stay on all fucking day. It's great. Wow, because I I have olive complexion and a red lip can be jarring at times. Yep. So I I have three colors in their lip stain I wear. I have this bright red. I have our very classic like HFK color that we actually based all of our branding around the color of lipstick I wore all the time, which blows a lot of people's minds. But that like our burgundy HFK color is actually based on the lipstick. We like color matched it. And then I have this like pale pink I'll wear and then it's a stain. So it stains matte. So it's like, it's not even a lipstick. So like I've been drinking coffee and you have like a little bit of lipstick, but like not much. So this is the Sephora brand. I literally go grab it for you after we're done and I'll show you. It's 15 bucks and it'll last you like three months. And then um, the other thing I've learned is just like, I literally started doing this like a couple weeks ago is like, just outline the top of your lip before you like put everything else in it. Because I would do the bottom lip first and in terms of like making your lips look like, and I also have, I'm like one of my favorite features about myself is like, I have pretty, pretty nice lips. I have a bunch yeah, of other things where I don't love it. But I think with that is it's like, I was too focused on like putting in the lipstick on the bottom rather than lining it on top first and then filling it in 
around the whole thing. And the stain, the best thing about the stain and the worst thing is it stains everything. So like you get to the point where you're like, you almost want to go under your lip, even though it's still part of your lip. Right. Anyway, we just launched right into this. We just, I mean, you know what? Tips. Get you a girl that can do both. Tell you how to make, save money, budget money, and do a red lip. That's like the only beauty tip I have. That, that's <laughs> it. The lipstick's Great, the only thing it. I got going on. That's it, baby. Oh, Dory, we are so happy to have you here. First of all, I do need to say my stepsister I was just is, a, is a fangirl of yours. That's kind. When I told her that we, we were having you on the pod, she said, I literally had all my friends open a high yield savings account and start their emergency funds because of her. Mm. Fuck yeah. Hey, I love hey. it. We love it. Tell her hi. I will. I will. <laughs> Natalia, if you're listening, what's up? Okay, let's just dive right in. I mean, we are so excited to talk to you. Obviously, sisters know... This month is money, finance, just, you know, talking the shit about how to be better at money as women. And the, you're just the perfect, perfect person to talk all about this. So we want to start, though, a little bit about your personal history with money. Sure. Obviously, money is just such a personal thing and it's very emotional. I think people don't talk about that. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about how you kind of got into this field and, and grew this brand. Yeah. Um, if you would have told me five years ago that my job, my career, my life would be as a financial educator, I would have laughed in your face. Like this was not part <laughs> of the plan. I majored in communications and theater in college. So this is, yeah, this was not part of the plan, but I grew up with a family that was very focused on financial education. And I didn't realize that that was a novelty or something different until I started having conversations with other friends and realized, oh, that was a privilege. And with that privilege came responsibility. So I was the friend all of my friends were coming to about it, you know, advice and guidance around money. And I learned, you know, how to save money, how not to overspend on credit cards, how to mindfully spend. And again, I thought that was like, oh, everybody knows how to do this. And of course, not the case. So graduated college in 2016, like five months before Trump got elected. And I was coming into adulthood and into womanhood in a very different country than I expected. I think most of us expected. And I, uh, you know, was trying to navigate 20 something life and trying to figure out what I wanted to do and what my career would be. And I had sexist shit said to me at work. I saw a female friends of mine get underpaid. And I started realizing that when I had money, I had more options, right? When I had a financial foundation, when I had money in the bank, I could leave toxic situations I didn't want to be in anymore. I could donate to causes I believed in. I could go out with friends and not have to be like checking my bank account worried that I didn't have the money for it. So I realized that, you know, both as an individual and also on the systemic level, having a financial education was our best form of protest. It was our best form of agency and advocacy in a society that actively gatekeeps us from having money and having financial education. And so her first hundred K was kind of born out of that, out of the realization, both personally, that when I had a financial stability, when I had, you know, a financial foundation, everything opened up to me. And in addition, when I was able to then take care of myself, I could take those resources and work to change the system for everybody. So that's what financial feminism is. That's what her first hundred K stands for. And now we're a global movement with over 3 million followers, a podcast called financial feminist. And I run this full time with a team of 13 people, which is absolutely crazy. That's insane. So as someone who grew up with 
financial education and financial guidance inside. I was like, we grew up with sex education. Was there a moment for you internally that you did have to redefine your relationship to money because of what you knew? Was there Mm. a moment where you said, oh, I learned all these things and why am I finding myself in this position or that position or why is this hard for me? Do you know what I mean? Like where did you have to overcome something within your money management that really helped you blossom into the leader that you are today in this field? A very thoughtful question. Yes. Again, I grew up with really financially minded parents, largely because they didn't grow up with a lot. So they made really smart financial choices and they were really frugal because I was their investment. I was where the money went, you know, for good schools and, and piano lessons and all those things. Like they didn't grow up with a lot. So they made really strategic choices, you know, and sacrificed a lot in order for me to have what I did, you know, coupled with a lot of privilege. I'm, I'm a cisgendered white woman, you know, who grew up middle-class in doing so though, is I saw both of my parents who, you know, obviously gave me this financial education that was really thoughtful, but I saw them make very stable choices which was great. It gave me a really stable childhood, right? They made really smart financial choices that were very predictable. So my dad has always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but never has taken that leap because for him, it was like that risk was too great in trying to take care of my family. So he got the job and stayed for 15 years because, you know, it offered the 401k and the health insurance and all of those things. And again, I don't fault my parents. I'm very grateful that they made stable choices. However, when it was time for me to decide if I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur, or if I had the ability to be a full-time entrepreneur, all of those stable choices were all I had known. And the people who I was calling at age 25 were my parents still to go like, hi, I think I'm ready. And they were like, you need to keep your job. Like you need the health insurance, you need the 401k, you need the stability, like you need to keep your job. And I'm like, well, I have money in the bank and I have momentum and I was just on good morning America. And I feel like I can do this. And it's not that they didn't believe in me. It was that all they had known and all the, you know, the choices they had made that had worked out for them were the stable, consistent choices. And so I perceived entrepreneurship as a big risk and it is for a lot of people. However, I had all of my ducks in a row, right? I like, I was over-prepared to be an entrepreneur, but I still had that element of risk because all I had seen was my parents make really strategic, stable choices. So weirdly that like foundation that was really healthy kind of bit me in the ass because I waited for much longer than I think I needed to, to take my business full time. And I joke with my parents, I'll call them every once in a while and be like, hi, remember when you told me that I should stay at my job, but now (laughs) I am, I am making like 60 times more (laughs) and like loving my life a lot more. And uh, I, I don't have to make somebody I don't respect rich anymore. I get to make myself and people I love rich and financially stable. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's something that our parents couldn't have fathomed this type of work that no. we do and this type of new found media and, and, and jobs and, you know, but workforce. I, mean, I am coming to you from an Airbnb in Brooklyn that I yeah. will live in for six weeks. And yeah. I have not had actually like an apartment for nine months because I've oh just God. been traveling and working out of different Airbnbs. I came from LA before this, I was in Europe for two months last, like that was not a thing. Right. And especially no. 
Um, my parents were married at 24. I'm almost 28. I'm not married, not even close. So, you know, there's, there's also just, you know, generational things, right. Where there's a certain expectation of what your role is. And, you know, I'm sure we, we will look back in however many years and see that there were certain roles that we played out, you know, in 2022, but yeah, it's a lot more flexible to your point. And it's also just with the internet and with, you know, the, the ability to, you know, both start businesses and, think about them strategically as mission focused companies rather than just like, you know, how do I, how do I build a business for a building a business's sake? A bunch more options are available to you. And again, coupled with a ton of privilege, like I'm able to, you know, to do this both because I worked my ass off and because, you know, I started on second base, which is something I like to acknowledge, you know, like if you're starting at home plate or you're starting at the field next door, (laughs) it's a lot harder to get, you know, it's a lot harder to hit a home run. So, um, that's, you know, that's part of it too. And that's, that's why my work with financial feminism is like, not just how do we make good personal choices, but also how do we change the very systems that exist that deny any marginalized group, women, people of color, members of the LGBTQ community, disabled people, the same opportunities that are provided to cisgendered straight white men. Absolutely. You mentioned that before you jumped into entrepreneurship, you had all your ducks in a row. Yeah. You were overprepared. What did that look like? And what would you have changed? I mean, you said like, I was overprepared. Do you, do you advise people to do that? I don't regret it. Yeah. I don't, I don't regret being that prepared. I have a theory that there's like two kinds of people who become entrepreneurs. There's the kind like me where like, I need every, yeah, I need every duck in a row. I need, I need as much prep to do that as possible. Because again, I came from a very stable house where it was like, okay, if you're going to take a risk, you need to mitigate it as much as possible. So I think there's one kind of entrepreneur that like feels comfortable taking that leap because they've done all that work. And then there's another kind of potential entrepreneur that is like what I call like the skydive entrepreneur. That's just like, I'm going to fling myself out of the airplane and um, this one. Me. yeah, <laughs> me every day, all day. I have a parachute, but like, I don't really know how to skydive, but I'll figure it out on the way down. Right. You're like, you're, it's the motivation actually of like the flinging yourself off the cliff that actually gets you to like, figure it out yeah, as opposed that's to me. Yeah. See, as opposed to me, that would panic me and shut me down. That would freak me out. So I think there's like the people who really thrive off of that, like, we're going to make it work. We're going to Tim gun yeah. it. Like that's the only option we have. Yeah. I'm Tim gunning it all day long, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm over here like, nope, I need money in the bank. I need momentum. Yeah. I need mentors and I need this. And I need, you know, a plan, a six month plan of how we're going to make money. Like that is something that I had. Yeah. So yeah, I had just hit my hundred K goal. The her first hundred K origin story for me personally was saving a hundred thousand dollars at 25. So I'd literally hit my hundred K goal. I had been on good morning America three weeks before I quit my job. I had, yeah. So not only money in the bank, I had momentum. I didn't just have an idea. I had an actual stable business that was making money. And, you know, I had a plan for how to increase that revenue. So I had all of these things figured out already. And that was what I needed in order to quit other people. It's like, nope, we're going to figure that out along the way. And that's going to motivate me to figure it out. Mm. It's so interesting just to hear the two different types, because I'm like, 
totally not me. I would never be me. And now I feel like that I've gotten my groove in business and I feel like I'm less falling from a cliff. Now I'm like, okay, how do I set up the foundation really, really beautifully for me to continue growing this? Well, the first couple of years. And I feel the exact opposite where I'm forcing myself now sometimes to fling myself off the cliff and figure it out. Like when I launched a podcast, I had no idea how the fuck to do that. I relied on a bunch of other people and asked really good questions and was like, well, we'll figure this out and hopefully it's successful. And then it blew up, which was great. But yeah, that was the thing you, you start when you're, you know, when you're get going as an entrepreneur and you start growing the business, there's a lot of things you don't know. And so it's like, okay, we're going to try it. We're going to see if it works. And if it doesn't work, we'll pivot or, you know, we'll change this variable or something's going to happen. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. a mix of both all the time, <laughs> totally. like prep as much as you can. And then you kind of just, you, yeah. Yeah. You got to take the leap anyway. So for someone that just heard that you saved your first 100K, you said 25, is that what you just said? 25. 25. And someone is thinking, How wow, do I do that? that's amazing. <laughs> How do I do that? What are, what are some three initial easy steps that they can start even perceiving what that journey would look like for them? Very quick, actionable, tangible ways to get going. First thing, automate your savings, set up an automatic transfer from your checking account to your savings account, automate really everything that you can automate your bills, automate yeah, your savings. And if you work like a typical nine to five job, you can actually do this through your payroll platform at work. So you can say, okay, every time I get paid 80% is going to my checking account, 20% is going to my savings, or, you know, 70% is going to my checking account, 20% to savings, you know, this other savings account, 10% to my 401k, whatever that looks like you don't get extra brownie points for making your financial life hard. Like, I think a lot of us feel that way. It's like, oh, this thing is complex. And I like, I have this weird thing where sometimes I won't write things down because I tell myself, well, you should remember it. So you're not going to write things down. And then of course I forget. And then I like feel really shitty because I was like, you had the opportunity to make this easier on yourself, but like you weirdly thought there was, it was, it's ego, right? You like weirdly thought there was some sort of reward you got for not writing it down. It's very similar with money is, you know, either ostrich effect where you bury your head in the sand and you just act like your problems don't exist, which we talk about on financial feminist all the time. Or yeah. The second thing that happens is it's like, yeah, but this is complex and this is hard. And like, I, you know, like I have to earn it. And it's like, no, like make it so easy for yourself. <laughs> like automate your savings. We, we call it in the industry, like paying yourself first. And if you're sending Netflix more money than you're setting aside for yourself, I'm not saying cancel, cancel your Netflix subscription, <laughs> but like if you're sending Netflix or HelloFresh or whatever, more money automated per month, a billion dollar, a multi-million dollar corporation, then you're paying yourself. You are as much, I would say more deserving of that money than you're giving to Netflix every month. So set money aside, autopilot makes your life so much easier. So that's the first thing. Second thing is you don't have to stop spending money. I just need you to stop spending money on shit that you don't care about. Yes. I don't need you to stop spending money deprivation doesn't work. 99% of diets fail because the more you tell me I can't have fried chicken, the more I fucking want Popeyes. I want fried chicken, right? (laughs) So the way that we think about money is the same thing. If I, if you go cold turkey and you're like, I'm not going to spend money and that's how I'm going to do this. Right. Or if you're listening to financial experts like Dave Ramsey, who are telling you, Oh, that reason you're not rich is because that $5 coffee, if that $5 coffee (laughs) gives you so much joy and you can tell that I've had coffee today, cause I'm like tripping balls right now, but I spent a, I spent an $8 coffee today. You know, this is literally an $8 iced coffee. (laughs) And you can tell I've had coffee because like, this is why I can't do drugs because I'm like, I am like so hyped 
on a, a iced oat milk mocha. Like I am, yeah. I am here. Like I am yeah. ready to, I'm like lift a car. Somebody needs <laughs> saving. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> if coffee brings you joy, I'm never going to tell you to not spend money on coffee. It just might mean that you can't buy something else. Right. So like travel is so important to me and I'm willing to spend thousands of dollars traveling, but I'm not willing to spend money, you know, a thousand dollars on a sweater because I would rather spend it on something that actually brings me joy. So look at your purchases without shame, without judgment and be like, okay, what am I spending money on? That feels like very lukewarm or what am I spending money on? That's just a habit. Like Postmates for me. I want to kill Postmates every single day of my life. Right. Or it's like, I go and get a $5 coffee at 2 PM just as my excuse to get out of the office. And it's like, again, if that's like your reward and you love it, great. I think for most people, it's like, uh, I need an excuse to go on a walk. And it's like, no, you don't. Capitalism says you need an excuse. You can go take a break. Like it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you yeah. can go take a walk without buying a coffee. If you don't even taste that coffee anymore. Right. Or if it's just habit routine and you don't even enjoy it. So, you know, there's tons of things that we purchase that just feel, yeah, lukewarm or that we don't love your hard earned money should be spent on the things that make you so happy. Like you work so fucking hard for that money. Let's spend it on things that provide you ease and joy and beauty and make your life so much better as opposed to things you're kind of like, either I regret buying that or regret spending money on that. Or like, yeah, it was fine. Like, I don't want you looking at your money being like, yeah, it was fine. Like that's, it's a very passive way to manage your money. Like use your money as a tool to bring you so much fucking joy. Like that's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> so that's the second thing that. is like, you don't have to deprive yourself. You don't need to stop spending money. I just need you to stop spending money on things you don't care about. And the third thing, and we see this with women so often is that women will get to the point where they're really good at saving, but they won't actually invest. Now, what is investing? Investing is contributing to a retirement account, like a 401k or an IRA, right? And we have a whole investing platform that we launched called treasury earlier this year. Because oh, we amazing. saw that the number one reason women don't invest is fear, fear of getting started, fear of making a mistake, fear of like losing money. Right. So this, this is literally the most common thing we see and 26% as low as 26% of women who can invest actually are. And that is such a low percentage. You won't be able to retire if you don't invest. Like the way you build wealth is investing. And you've been told by the patriarchy that investing is complicated. So you don't do it. You've been told by a system that is trying to keep you underpaid and overworked that investing is too scary and it's too complicated. So just don't do it. Right. And then when we believe it, of course, not only are we not growing our wealth, but we don't have agency and it's a bunch of wall street chads who make themselves feel better by saying it's complicated because they're overcompensating for something. And also because it makes them feel smart. Investing is really not that hard. It's really not that hard, but I need you to get started. Even if it's just a small amount of money. So if you have a 401k at your work, contribute to it. If you get a match at your 401k, meaning that if you contribute a certain percentage, your company will double that automatically, please do that. Take advantage of that. And again, I think a lot of people think not only is investing complicated, but you need a ton of money to do it. You don't, you need like hundred bucks, 200 bucks. Like you don't need thousands of dollars. And it's more important to get started earlier because of time and compound interest than it is trying to wait until you're older 
and you think you'll have more money. So those are probably my three things. Automate your savings, automate as much as you can, spend money on things that bring you joy and figure out what actually does bring you joy and invest as early and often as possible. I want to talk about closing the investing gap because you mentioned that you guys have started a platform and that is something, I mean, I have definitely inherited that type of mindset where I am like, I, I don't understand. Like, I'll just give it, you know, I, I do contribute to uh Roth IRA, but it's like, I don't, I don't know, know what, what that is. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. I'm just like putting money in. I don't understand it. And my boyfriend and her husband, the men, you know, they look at the stocks every day the yeah. da, 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 and I'm like, yep. what? like, so talk to us about what you guys have built and what are, again, some more like tangible steps for someone to get started and, and maybe educate themselves. Also, I just want to like uh, admit to something, which is so terrible, but I had money. My dad gave me oh. a little bit of money to invest mm -hmm. and I couldn't fucking do it. I couldn't That's open the account. I wouldn't do it. I was like, my husband does that. Let my husband do it. Like he's great at it. He checks it every day. I don't want to yep. check it every day. Da, da, da. But you actually don't have to check it every day, but I'll talk about I it. I know don't. it's stupid. You they should, it, but, but I'm like, I like making money. Yes. I like making money. So it's like, I, I have a part of me that is very, very empowered in the money space, makes the money, budgets, the personal finances. But again, like I just could not open the fucking investment so, account. I like, gave it to my husband and he did totally. it. So yeah, we are very fortunate. Our dad was like, my dad My dad has done very well for himself, but he didn't really like invest in the stock market. And then he started dating this woman who did really well. And so she- No, no, no. Incorrect. He's always invested in the stock market. Okay. But not, okay, whatever. Not in the way that he has now. He's like doing it a different way. It is true. He told our me. Our college, yeah, but he's, I mean, our college funds were from uh, okay. investment. All right. Stock market. Okay. I'm just, uh, you're wrong, but it's okay. So <laughs> um, he was like, I, you, I'm going to give you guys more. <laughs> Look at Dory. This is, welcome to sisterhood. So he was like, I'm going to give you guys money. Go put it somewhere. I was like, okay. So then I opened up Charles Schwab. Okay. And I bought some stuff uh it's been doing terribly but you, you know restoration i don't hardware i bought restoration hardware because i was like oh, did you you bought an individual stock sounds like it. i sure did okay. i sure did i bought i bought restoration hardware because i thought that they would give me a cloud couch if i bought their stock and they didn't do that nope. so i love and, the dream though i appreciate you dreaming you're dreaming yeah, big i was i literally was like i was gonna go into the store and be like you know i bought your stock. I'm so an like, owner. Can I, have an a, owner here? can I have a discount? But no. Hi, I bought us. I bought a share of Tesla. I would like an eighty thousand dollar car, please. Can you, can you <laughs> give me like that, please? I am a part owner here. I don't know if you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so We're, I'm contributing to Elon Musk's in, incomparable <laughs> yeah. wealth. Sounds great. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So so and I don't look at it because I, it scares me. It's gone way <laughs> down. I know that the market's really bad right now, so I don't look at it. But yeah, talk to us about what what the sisters who are listening can can do to get started. Cool. I could talk to you about this for like three hours. You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. 
I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Okay, first, thank you for sharing and acknowledging you are not alone. In 2022, the vast majority of women who are coupled with men in a heteronormative relationship are doing the day-to-day finances, the budgeting and the coupon clipping and the like grocery shopping, right? The men are doing the wealth building. They are doing the real estate. They're doing the investments. They're doing the, like the negotiate their salaries. In addition, again, one of these like patriarchal narratives that, that is perpetuated, it's socially acceptable for men to talk about money and to be very public about money. We reward men who are wealthy and who talk about money, right? Like you think about like, not that guys do this a lot. Cause I, I don't know, but they'll go out on the golf course. Right. And they'll not only talk about money a ton, but then they'll like take a picture and they're all in like Rolexes. And then what are the comments? But they're like, cool Rolex, bro. You must be doing well for yourself. Those are the comments, right? If I was to be photographed with, you know, something that is very like outwardly wealthy, a Chanel bag, a Dior bag, something like that. My comments are most likely going to be, why were you spending something on some, like money on something so frivolous? Right. And so there is that expectation just around men are more socially conditioned to talk about money and are expected, of course, to not only learn how to grow their wealth, to have that be part of the conversation, but they're also encouraged in a way that women are penalized. Men are encouraged, women are penalized. So there's so many things, right, that go into this whole investing gap. In addition, when we do actually start investing, either we've waited much longer than men have, or we actually haven't gotten started at all because, again, it feels too scary or we don't know how to do it or all of these things. Again, I could talk about this forever. The last thing I'll say specifically, too, is that we think of investing as individual stocks because that's all we've been told or that's what the media tells us, right? It's like Leo DiCaprio yelling in a phone on Wolf of Wall Street about like (laughs) trading this company, right? Or buying this company. Like that's the media of what investing is. That's actually really risky. That's a pretty risky form of investing because what's happened is you put all your eggs in one basket or like five baskets if you buy five companies, right? So like, let's talk about your restoration hardware example. Putting (laughs) money in restoration hardware 
could be a great investment potentially, but it's potentially you take on a lot of risk doing that. So if we put all our money in restoration hardware, right? And restoration hardware does great, amazing. But if they do terrible, then that's that, that you're putting all your eggs in one basket. So part of investing, what's important, and we talk about this on treasury, which is our investing platform is diversification, not putting all of your eggs in one basket. Right. And you don't have to just invest in individual stocks. I actually only own two individual stocks and I only bought those last year. And I've been investing for six years. Okay. So Tori, this is what I was talking about. Our dad didn't do individual stocks. He's now recently doing individual stocks. He was investing in like mutual funds, yep. right? Or ETFs or index funds. Yes. Yeah. That's what I meant. So we explain literally part of what treasury is, is again, we built it because everything else there sucks. Frankly, right. it's either like super finance bro and condescending and doesn't give you space to ask questions about like, I'm sorry, what is a 401k? What is a stock? What do all these things mean? And in addition, when you have tried to invest, and I did this too, I would go to Yahoo Finance or Charles Schwab or Fidelity, and I would look at their interface and I would be like, this may as well be written in German. And I do not speak German. Like I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> so we literally start people with an hour long live workshop with me where I go through and I'm like, here's what investing is. Here's how to research your investments. Here's the number one mistake I see new investors make. Here's how to open that investing account. And then they actually invest live on the workshop. So oh, we had a workshop yes. a couple of days ago. We had a thousand people there, 80% of which were first time investors had never invested. And then combined, they invested over $130,000, which was amazing. And when yeah. we look again at a society and a system that actively doesn't want you to invest, that is literally like statistic changing. And so when it comes to investing again, 401k IRA, these are accounts. These are not actual investments. I hear that a lot too, is people think like, oh, if I contribute to a 401k, I'm investing. You're, you are, but that's not the investment. That's just the account. The number one mistake I see people make is they put money in a 401k or an IRA, but then they don't, they don't choose their investments. Investing is a two-step process. When okay. you put money in the account, like a bank account, you're done, right? You put a thousand dollars in a bank account, you're done. Investing, you have not actually invested until you've chosen your investments. So when right. you take that thousand dollars, you put it in the account, that's step one. Step two is you have to go buy things with the money. I think about it like a gift card, right? Like I put $50 on a TJ Maxx gift card and it's really not worth anything to me until I buy plants and candles and throw pillows, right? So you have to do step two. And we talk about that more in treasury, but one of the things that I see so commonly with women, because again, we've never been taught this is you think investing is putting your money in just like a normal bank account. You have to make sure that you've actually gone and chosen your investments, which is what we teach in treasury. So you have to do step two. And if you don't know, if you haven't done step two, if you, if you're not sure, go check your investing accounts. And if they have not grown or lost money, <laughs> you haven't done it. Right. Cause it's yeah, just right. sitting in purgatory yeah. waiting for you to invest it. So I opened up, I don't even know what it's called. I opened up something that's a retirement situation Okay. and I chose, and while I chose this, I thought it was like a branding scam. So you can tell me not a scam, but they said, what do you want to invest in? Uh -huh. And I said, I don't know. And so he said, there's a group of businesses that are very high profile, Google, whatever, all the big ones. Can I, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. Who was the person you talked to? Somebody that works at Chase Bank. Okay. 
Do you know if he is a fiduciary? A fiduciary is somebody who is legally obligated to act in your best interest when they give you advice. I believe so. He was like appointed as like a, I think like a financial planner type of thing, different than a fiduciary. Nope. This, you can be a financial planner who's a fiduciary. This is, this is part of the financial bullshit again, where like financial feminism comes into play, where you realize just how fucked the system is. Obama had put a rule, a law in place that said like, you have to be a fiduciary and then Trump overturned it. So a fiduciary is someone who's legally obligated to act in your best interest, right? Financial planners, financial advisors, some of them are fiduciaries. And if you are going to work with somebody, I really don't think most people need a financial advisor. You're paying them a certain fee and you can learn how to navigate it on your own and not pay them that fee. But if you are going to do it, you have to make sure they're a fiduciary because a lot of times chances are, if you worked at Chase, he, uh, let's hope he was a fiduciary. Right. And we'll see let's based hope. on the advice he gave you in a second when you tell me, but the other thing is, is that unfortunately a lot of people, they're not fiduciaries or financial advisors, they're salesmen, right? <laughs> like they're trying okay. to get you so, to buy their thing, but please continue. Yes. I made sure to ask how he makes money because I wanted to see how he directly makes money off of beautiful question, what I yep. was doing. And he said, I'm pretty sure he said he doesn't make money off this situation. He just sets up the account for me and like whatever. So, but I did, I always like to ask that question before you do anything with money, like not, not accusatory, just like, oh, how do you get paid for this transaction? We get asked that a lot with treasury. Like, how do you make money? How do you, yep, totally. Exactly. So I decided to invest in a group of businesses that are extremely large corporations at this point, but all of them have committed to an eco-conscious or socially conscious pledge. And so I enjoyed that aspect. I don't know how much that actually like does for their businesses, like how much they're actually pledging to do good in the world, but that's what I chose. Yeah. It sounds like you invested in a socially responsible fund. Yes. Yes. Right. So you invested. So a fund, again, we explain this more in treasury. A fund is simply a bunch of companies, right? Or a bunch of different stocks, right? And that's a great way to diversify because rather than, again, putting all your eggs in one basket, you can say, okay, I want to buy one share of this fund where it owns the entire US stock market. So if I buy one share of this fund, I own a tiny little sliver of every single company on the US stock market. You can also do this with what's called socially responsible funds. Now there's various levels of this. Some of them are just like no firearms. Some of them are like no oil. Some of are, you know, some of them are like as intense as like, you have to be like women founded or women led, or you like have to like very publicly have pledged this. So there's varying levels of social responsibility, but it sounds like what you did was invest in a socially responsible fund. Yeah. So, yeah. So something that I did, so I worked with someone at Edward Jones and I no. No. Oh, oh no. 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 Oh, no. Oh shit. No. Okay. We're backtracking. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, but I love my guy. He's like so cute, but I Uh, also don't know. I don't know if he's a fiduciary now. Edward Jones makes me really nervous. Oh no. What do I do? I mean, I, I happy to talk to, talk to you about it after and see like what his deal is. Wait, what's different? Because I, I mean, I have my Roth IRA set up with them and I also have a mutual fund that I contribute to with them. Oh no. Oh, Tori's face Edward is Jones bad. <laughs> Edward Jones bad. I'll literally send you some articles. Oh no. Super high fees, like a ridiculous high fee that you don't need to okay. be paying and that you okay. don't pay in a lot of other places. Because again, like if you want somebody to guide you through this, 
I totally understand that impulse. One, you can do this yourself. That's what we teach in treasury is we like, it's the happy medium between like having somebody do, do it for you and you being completely on your own. Like we're in the Venn diagram middle where we're like, okay, we're going to teach you how to fish and teach you what to do and give you a supportive community rather than just like sending you out on your own and you expecting you to do this. And again, regardless, I don't care, like come to treasury. Great. Go somewhere else. Like I I'm saying this. <laughs> not as the way to get you to treasury, but like Edward Jones right. in particular, it's like super high in fees okay. because what oh, you're doing guy was good because I asked him to do something for me. And he said, that's going to charge you extra. Don't sign up for that. Great. Right. My guy's great. There are better financial professionals out there. Again, like that's why you have to ask fiduciary, but Edward Jones in particular has a really bad reputation for charging a hefty okay. amount in fees. And again, I could talk about this for hours. Specifically, what happens with a lot of these companies like Edward Jones is they know that women don't know how to invest. And so a lot of their clients are women or other marginalized groups, right? So they come in and they don't know any better. And so it, what ends up happening is they're charging a super high fee, but we, ha we have no idea if that's a high fee because we've never been taught this, right? And oh my God, it, it, yeah, it just gets dicey. I'm freaking, out. I'm freaking out because don't freak out. <laughs> don't don't freak know. out. I don't even know if I should say this on the pod, but actually what, whatever, fuck it. So, I mean, this guy, he's a nice guy. He like took me out to coffee. He explained the stock market to me and like how funds worked. And I was I mean, very, didn't you need that information though? I don't know. He's explained it to me. He was very nice. Was it in a way that you understood? And did you feel like it was yeah. mansplaining? Because a lot of times what we have is like, was his name Steve? Because they're always named Steve. His name was not Steve. No, he was a nice guy, but he was like drawing me diagrams because I really did not know what was going on. So sure. this is very fascinating. Okay, we're going to need to talk after this. How hard is it to transfer? Not hard. Okay, great. It's just going to be right. like logistical piece of homework. Great. Yeah. All right. We're doing that when we log off of this. Okay. Yeah, I'm literally, I'll read you. It's like the first thing when I Google Edward Jones bad, because I needed to get to where I needed to go. Like I'm on college, the collegeinvestor.com who actually we've worked with them before. They're friends of ours. Okay. So if, oh God, I'm looking at this. Oh, it's so bad. Okay. Oh no. So they charge a management fee, which is pretty typical in companies like Edward Jones. Their management okay. fee is half a percent up to 1.35%. Now that doesn't seem like a lot, it's a lot but of money. when you open an account on your own and you invest in something like index funds, which is what I personally invest in, I'm paying 0.03% in fees. Wow. Okay. That adds up when you when you get some cash. 0.03% is to put it in context, $3 for every $10,000. It's nothing, right? I might also have some like, depending on what platform I go to, I might have some fees in terms of like when I sell or when I purchase, right? And then you also have taxes on top of that, but we're not going to discuss taxes right now, just fees. So you also have fees if you work with what's called a robo advisor. You've probably heard of these Elevest, Acorns, Wealthfront, Wealth yes, Simple, yeah, Betterment, Acorn. right? They've done a really great job of getting people who have never invested invested, which is great, but they are charging you a fee to do that, right? Now, that fee for like a couple of years is not crazy. It's typically like a quarter percent or half a percent, right? So, again, one of the reasons we built Treasury is like you can do it on your own. You don't need to pay somebody else this fee. If we look at Edward Jones, minimum to manage it for you 
like a robo advisor is managing it for you, but not like at the level of, you know, taking you out to coffee. The management fee on Edward Jones, it starts at half a percent. Now that doesn't seem like a lot, but half a percent of $3 million, $4 million, which is something we hope, right? You become a millionaire, take care of yourself in retirement. That's a lot of money. And then it goes up to, according to this graph, 1.35%, which is a lot. It's a lot. Okay. We're getting out of there. We're getting out of there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I am very fortunate for this, this very podcast. Oh my God. This is, these are the moments that change your life, you know? Totally. Like, holy shit. She's still Googling. She's <laughs> still just like, fuck this. I'm literally scrolling through this and I'm like, huh. Like, so literally it rated, right? Like Edward Jones versus like Fidelity versus Vanguard. Fidelity and Vanguard are what they call DIY investing platforms. And this is what we, this is the kind of, brokerage. These are these kind of investing companies we get you set up with in treasury. You're going to pay $0 for every time you like trade every time you like buy, which is probably at least once a month. Hopefully if you're consistent, you're going to pay Edward Jones, $5 every time you do that. Whoa. And then you're also going to pay up to 1.35% to have somebody manage it for you. All right. We're getting out of there. Wow. Ultimately, I will say, this is my legal disclaimer. I forgot to give this off the top. You need to make sure you're making your own good financial choices. I am not a financial, I am not a financial (laughs) advisor. I don't know you. I don't know your life. Make your, make your smart financial choices um, and do what's right for you. Edward Jones might work for some people. I will say it's like, the fees are really high and it's very easy for a company like that to make money with people who don't understand what they're doing. And that's not those people's fault. Again, we were not, yeah. we were not taught this. I was literally, I sat down with my dad and he explained how to invest. And I, that was a privilege. And that's what I'm trying to do with everybody else. Um, right. but for people who have never invested and don't know any better, like you're like, I don't know what I'm spending in fees. Also 1% seems reasonable and it's not totally. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's do rapid fire. Sorry. I don't mean to stress you out. I will. I don't know. We'll we'll get you going. Revelations. She's having revelations. We are. I'm so happy you're here. Like (laughs) this wouldn't have happened. Like this is, this is perfect. I I am now. I mean, let's just be great. I think, but I think we should just be grateful for the fact and proud of Mads for even going to somewhere to set it up. That's a great first step. Oh God. No, the fact that you even got started. Cause again, 26%, as low as 26% of women have never invested. so you've yeah. done, I, I'm just optimizing. I'm like at personal finance, like 201, right? Or 301. Yes. 101 is like, like, let's get you started investing. Yeah. And it's like, let's not pay, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm calling him Steve. <laughs> let's not pay Steve slash Edward Jones a bunch of money to do it when you don't have yes. to, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay, perfect. All right, let's do rapid fire. Yes, I'm ready. Number one, what is a money myth that you would like to debunk? That keeping a balance on your credit card boosts your credit score. It does not. It just puts you in debt. I never even heard that. So our mom told me that. And I was like, I pay it off. I pay it off. She was like, you're supposed to leave like a hundred whatever. And I was like, what? No, 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 no. So if you put a thousand dollars on a credit card and your credit card bill is due on the 15th and you pay, let's say, let's use your mom's example, 900 and you keep a hundred dollars on your credit card. And now it's the 16th. You, you pay have, interest on that. It's overdue. That's, yeah. I, I don't know where that came from. The credit card companies. Someone told me that. Yeah. And I was like, I've that never, makes no sense. I've never heard that. I've always, my like big thing is always pay off the credit card. We haven't been able to trace it back, but my not so conspiracy conspiracy theory, like, again, we have not been able to actually trace it back. But if I had to guess, again, not so conspiracy conspiracy theory, it keeps you in debt, right? To tell yeah. people. And yeah. it temporarily does increase your score because 
you know, part of what a credit score is, is like you making payments and showing your like a smart lendy, right? Like, okay, right. like I'm going to make payments towards my debt. So that's part of the reason why when you pay off a bunch of debt, your credit score temporarily goes down. However, a like 25th, even 20, like 50 point increase in your credit score is not worth you going into debt. credit card debt. That's 25% interest. Like that's not yeah. worth it. You can yeah. boost your credit score in way other more responsible ways. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right, I agree. Fire, right, oh, wait, fire. sorry. Rapid fire. What are some apps or tools that you, other than treasury that you recommend going to, to either start budgeting or yeah. I have all of them on my website. It's at herfirst100k.com slash tools. I really like cool, personal cool. capital. I've worked with them for a long time. They offer a free net worth tracker and you can see all of your accounts in one place. So when you're like trying to check like your debt or your retirement savings or your just general savings, you can see it all in one place as opposed to having to like remember your login for every bank, which I don't remember. So oh, yeah, it's a really great way key. to track that's everything. Good. Okay. And our last question that we love to ask every woman who comes on OKSIS podcast, if you could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would you brag about? I built a multi seven figure business and never took a dime of venture capital. And I also, other than like a weekend where I spent $20 on Facebook ads, I have never, never bought Facebook ads, Instagram ads, like all of it's been organic. And as an ex-social media marketer, like that shit does not happen. You don't build a 80% profitable business with no venture capital, no outside investment, no angel investment, and without reliance on something like Facebook. So I'm super fucking proud of that. I'm super fucking oh. proud. I'm super fucking proud. That's that's really fucking yes. good. That yes. is really fucking good. Okay. Thank you so much for thank coming you. on. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, your podcast, your website, all this and stuff? And the TikTok. I mean, everything. Uh, all of it. Yeah. So I'm at her first hundred K on all the socials, H E R F I R S T one zero zero K as well as her first hundred K.com. And I also host the financial feminist podcast, which is one of the top business podcasts in the world, which is very exciting. So you can catch me over there as well. Beautiful. Oh. And you can find us on Instagram at OKSIS Podcast. You know where, sisters. We love you. We love you.